everybody. Welcome to episode 109 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I am Paul Robinson, another host in this wonderful podcast. And Brought th- to you today on the MoGraph Network. MoGraph podcast Network. Podcast Network. Anybody joining us from the MoGraph Network, welcome. We appreciate you. We appreciate the heck out of you, and um, we'll be sure to let you down at some point in time. <laughs> we look forward to that. And three, two, two one. Boom. Done. Um, all right, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. So, what do you want to get off your chest? I don't know. You know, I look, you know, in, in the world that we live in, any grievances you have seem minor comparatively, but we'll do our best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We watch some stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, what do you want to get off your chest there, bro? <clears throat> well, anybody that listens to this podcast knows how we feel about SAG, right? And, and their treatment of films on our Both scale. Both the profession and the unfortunate biological decline. Yeah. <clears throat> Not a fan of Not SAG. a fan. Um, and I didn't know this was happening, but I, I started seeing articles and, and posts about the new contract mm-hmm. that they're signing. Some new historic contract that has lots of money. You know, it always has like a price tag or whatever. I had brought it up to you like when it was in its first sort of leg. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they had to go back to the drawing board. And then yeah. now this is, now, now, now you've jumped in and, and you've obsessed. Yeah. Uh, this happens with stuff sometimes. <laughs> You're Kavanaughing it? Yeah. I practically lost you to that court case. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was a rough one. But so the, where, where do we even start with this? Mm-hmm. So first off, I think they're voting on Wednesday of this week. Wednesday. But I'm not 100% sure about that, but it's soon. And um, from what I understand, the feeling is that if people were to, if they were to vote no, mm-hmm. they're not going to get as good of a deal if they go back to the table. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, for like the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, all that stuff, they go back to the table all the time mm-hmm. and negotiate stuff. But for some reason, when it comes to the performers... They strike constantly. I feel like the Writers Guild is constantly on yeah. strike. For some reason, it, it, it when it comes to performers... It uh, it's you know, they need to be threatened apparently. Um, and while we feel how we feel about SAG, it is an, important to note that uh, this is how the industry feels about performers, even on our, from our level up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always like people that take the Dancing directors, monkey. And, yeah. And there's a million people that w- would die to have what you have. So just shut up and be happy right. that you have it. It's a very um, and I think that. <clears throat> In on on a higher scale, obviously, when you're an A-list actor, you have more leeway with stuff. You know, you could start making like weird demands. I want, you know, all white candy in my trailer and all this weird stuff that you get. But for people who are like, oh, well, boohoo to your big mansion and your, your, you know, $15 million payout. um, The the issue is that this these rules are sort of across the board. Right. right. It's just at different levels when you say, oh, well, this person's getting, uh, you know, because look, A-list <clears throat> actors are not getting SAG rates. Yeah. They negotiate their payments, uh, you know, and, and that's agreed. I'm getting nine million for this film. I'm getting 15, whatever the hell you're getting. Yeah. But for people that actually need to act to, to, to pay their the rent on in their condo. Yeah. Not not like some, you know, McMansion, but um, this becomes a problem when mm-hmm. stuff like this starts to be negotiated in favor of the organization. Yeah. And that's the big that's the big problem is 
you know, um, you have a lot of people that are, are against it. And, you know, I'm sure uh, there's an opinion of like, oh, you know, like you said, boo-hoo, go sit in your $20 million mansion. But those people are going to be fine no matter what happens. Those people are standing up for the people that are like the day players and the yeah, background, background artists background and stuff artists, that yeah. are getting really screwed. I mean, SAG's, in our opinion, has always been truly beneficial to the top 1% of the people mm. that are the, you know, the Bruce Willis's of the, of the SAG community. That's a weird person to pick. Yeah. He's <laughs> Bruce Willis is really at the top of his game. Yeah. In 2020. That's right. It's 20s. all about BW. And so like, <laughs> but you know, cause I've seen a lot of posts from bigger named actors and, and stuff, um, dissenting this. Well, they were there once too, you know? Yeah. So it's it's nice that people can still be quite humble about that and and recognize that that performers are getting screwed and um, everybody. I mean, you have background artists getting, artists getting screwed. You have stunt performers getting screwed yeah. over by this. Um, <clears throat> and so there are certainly areas that there are gains for sure. But I feel like you need to like it's it it needs to be a negotiation. It, it can't and look you know whatever happens isn't going to affect us making films. But that doesn't mean that we can't want what's best for people. We know people in SAG, obviously. So, you know, we want what's best for them. And, and, yeah, and but, to, but to also add to that, we know people in SAG and we've worked with people in SAG um, and we're not supposed to. And the reason why right. we've worked with them is because SAG does not work for them. Right. Um, that's just, for if you don't know the rules, um, you're not supposed to have a SAG performer on your set unless you go through SAG, they can get in trouble for that. Yeah. Um, so if a, if a SAG artist decides to be in your film, knowing that you're not going to, you know, fill out all the paperwork mm -hmm. and deal with their bullshit, then they can be penalized or kicked out or whatever they're going to do. Um, and we've had people say, like, I still want to work with you. We're like, are you sure? Because, yeah. like, we're not going through all this. So this is on you if you want to do it. Uh, but it's... You know, if if you're li especially up here, if you live in a rural area or, you know, it's there's not a lot of work. No. And obviously before a pandemic, it's not the easiest thing. Like we're we're an hour north ish mm -hmm. from the city. And that's a drive. When you take the train, it's well over an hour, well over an hour. And um, when you consider, OK, well, you have to go for auditions, taking the train, round trip tickets like. 30 bucks mm -hmm. or you're driving. And if you don't find a spot, which you probably won't, you're going to have to put your car in a garage and you have to pay for the tolls. It's really expensive. If just two auditions a week can cost you like 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. And if you're putting your car in a lot, forget it. Like it's going to cost even more than that. Um, and then to potentially not get the part. Yeah. And more, more than likely, more than likely not get the part. part. And then, you know, to keep doing that every week. And then it's 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 a, it's a whole day. Like, there's no going to the city for two hours from here. That's yeah. like a five-hour, six-hour oh, yeah. ordeal. That is your day. So if you have a day job, you're not having to take off of work to go on this audition. And, you know, so it's it it's a, it's a, um, a risk worth taking for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know. Actors up here, it, she's going on that tangent again. Mm -hmm. Um there are some, I shouldn't say all, but there are some actors up here that just have this obsession with SAG yeah, and with going SAG. And um, there was like one person in particular that who who is a background actor. And I, I just don't understand. I don't think that they've ever even had a principal part. Uh, no. They and and <clears throat> this sounds petty, but 
this is why it's so difficult to find decent actors where we are, because it's this ego of having the title of saying I'm an actor. And people just say that, like, I'm an actor, uh, but they don't know how to act. So I don't un- I honestly don't understand how you can consider yourself. And I'm being serious. I don't understand you can consider yourself an actor when you've only done background roles. You've maybe had like a line or two. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me years. And I'm I'm an insecure person. People are like we can tell. But <laughs> <laughs> Textbook. Mm-hmm. Overcompensation. Sarcasm constantly. Um, I, I'm an insecure person, but I, it took me a long time. Uh, to call myself an actor. And this was after I had like lead roles <laughs> in yeah. films. I was still like, I, I mean, I've acted and stuff, but I wouldn't call myself an actor. There's still this like weird. So it just amazes me how somebody can be in the background of 12 things, never even have lines and be like, yeah, I'm a working actor. I mean, okay, you're a background actor, I guess, but it's the, it, they take it to this, this level yeah. of like considering themselves to be principal actors that i i don't i don't get that it's this obsession with being in bigger stuff you know it's you know it's it's a matter of um you know one of the films we're probably going to talk about is you know it's 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 you know i do know the art of it yeah i know i stumbled (laughs) on that one uh but you just worried about being on the set of a bigger budget thing versus being on super small indie thing to to kind of cut your teeth on that you know what well, I mean? this person has posted stuff about how they take their sag like they carry their sag card in their wallet at all times like yeah first of all why yeah no one's gonna ask for that well if you get pulled um, over or something you know <laughs> i'm in sag i'm in the union officer fisser i'm in sag yeah. um but so the the post was this very like braggadocious like oh you know the people I was having dinner with didn't believe that I was a real actor and then I pulled my SAG card out and I was like this is sad yeah. this is just sad. why would you say this in a post to be and because that's what it is it's just like being able to say that you're in SAG first of all SAG's not free let's just well, let's just get into thing. that it's, it's... SAG costs a lot of money yeah a lot of money yeah. And, and and it's because of that, you know, look, um, unions are what they are, you know what I mean? They exist and you're either for them or against them or whatever. But the idea, in my view, which is short-sighted, I've never been in a union, so I don't know, but my view of a union is is to protect the people that are, you know, to protect the people in that industry. Ideally. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you're, like, this is a horrible example, but, you know, an example nonetheless. You look at, like, the, the cops union, right? I don't want to get political. You know how we hate to get political on this <laughs> show. But if you look at um, the head of the, the the police unions, when shit goes down for the cops, they're out there yelling and screaming and ranting and raving about the cops. They're, you know, and, you know, you have your opinions on it. But well, Verizon has done that also. They've been they're a couple there. of... They're there to protect the, those people in whatever way they feel is necessary. And if that means attacking people and being jerks, then so be it. Um, but this this doesn't feel like that to me. This, you know, I'd, I've read it into it a little bit, so I knew what I was talking about a little bit. But, you know, the um, I'll just hit some key some key points for you. Um, so uh, the stunt performers, they've pretty much eliminated any kind of like overtime for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe the stunt coordinator doesn't get residuals anymore or doesn't get it and was trying to get it or something. So that that's gone. Um, background acting is, is a tricky one when it comes to SAG, because I remember when I did background acting in LA for a couple of years, I, um, there's a certain, am- there's a certain amount of when you're doing a film and you need background actors, there's a certain amount or percentage of those 
background actors that have to be SAG. Mm -hmm. And then the rest can just be, you know, not union. So that's a tricky thing because, you know, it benefited me to be non union and be able to get on those sets. So, you know, but even if you are in SAG, they haven't really added any extra spots, Mm. you know, um, because from what I, I don't remember what the percentage was or, or whatever, but um, it was pretty low. You know what I mean? So even Mm. like as SAG as a that's just how little they care about their background actors is you know there's it's such a low percent if you're in a if you are if you need 200 background actors you know it's not even like half of them have to be in SAG you know it's like yeah. way less than that and you know if, if you're really and look I don't, I don't want to take work away from anybody but you know it seems like there's a lot of room for negotiation there but the biggest thing that everybody is kind of like up in arms about, rightfully so, is the whole um, sexual harassment side of it, I guess, or mm-hmm. the potential for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept comparing it to what Canada did, and Canada seems to have a much better agreement for actors in those situations. Yeah. And we all know, especially in this, <laughs> have a lot of things that are better. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But you know, we've all, with the rise of the Me Too movement, we've a lot of things have come to light with with how things run on a movie set. And it's not always ideal. No, we you know? we talked about this with um, Smilf and that yeah. whole, uh, you know, the, the whole thing that, that goes on there. There's a lot of pressures and um, you are, you can request that, that there only be a certain amount of people on set if you're doing a nude scene or a sex scene. Uh, but they, there have been, with the Smilf thing, mm-hmm. with that whole thing, there was a discrepancy in agreements on whether a monitor had been left on when it wasn't supposed to and X, Y, and Z and this and that. And um, again, people are going to boohoo it, but this is, you know, it's a podcast about film and entertainment. So this is what we're talking about. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like regardless of what you're being paid, you still deserve to have that privacy Mm -hmm. and respect. If I'm saying I don't want 20 people staring at my, my, naked body then yeah and then the argument is going to be well millions of people are going to stare at your naked body so what does it matter if there's 20 in the room now and that's an argument that people make Mm -hmm. doesn't matter you're not the one doing it yeah (laughs) yeah it's um and so yeah so for example the um in canada if you have to do a nude scene i think you have like 48 hours notice you know exactly what the scene is what's entailed what what is expected and that stuff needs to be followed through that's the rule and 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 here there's no such protection you know you have things on you all of a sudden like hey what do you think about taking your top off for this and it's like what yeah (laughs) especially background actors they 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 get even less than this they you could just be asked hey take your top off for this and you can say no obviously but then there's no protection against retaliation if you say no you know but you know things like how many people are allowed on set when there's a a nude scene mm-hmm. you know um and that's a you know that's a um a vulnerable position to be in and you don't want like everybody in the cast and crew there while it's happening and things are changing but also they're changing but the majority of sets are men. Right. And there's no so, there's no protection in this. You know, there, there's you no know, definition of what a closed set is. You may be the is. only woman in that room, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, and, and there's like 12 dudes in there. Yeah. Canada has like protections against um, how many people can be looking at the monitor. Because you can have like only three people in the set. But then if you're broadcasting the signal right. out to the thing, then everybody do. can if watch. If you don't understand that, it's, you know, one thing is happening in one room. 
and another thing is happening elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, if it's a large room, then they're on the other side there. But, um, you know, it's on a a particular set that I was in, we were filming in a very old house. And so the rooms were confined. It was a Victorian house. Those rooms are small. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't get everybody. The director wasn't in the room with us. The director and, um, you know, all of the crew were in another, were two rooms away with a big monitor. And then in that room, just for reference, in that room were all of the extras, Mm. not all of them, because there were a ton of, there were a ton of us. And so we were scattered about, but I was in that room. I didn't need to be in that room. I was in that room. And I remember that specifically because their glass case lenses yeah. The, the, a suitcase, like the suitcase that they keep the lenses is their glass case was open and just like strewn about. And all I kept thinking was, oh, my God, somebody trips over that. Yeah. And I just kept staring at like wanting to close that. But I was like, I don't dare touch it. But I mean, what are you doing? And so I remember it was in a, a dark room and there had to be, I don't know, maybe 20 of us mm-hmm. in that room with the monitor. Yeah. And so. If you're doing a nude scene, it's not just the people in the room. It's everyone else that's watching that. And this was a smaller set. So I can only imagine there could be 50 or 60 people staring at you on a monitor. Yeah, there's no absolutely no protections for who because so then you could have all these people just bring up their cell phones because the thing is, to your point, you know, millions of people are going to see this. But, you know, when you're shooting any scene, as most people know, you know, you're going to shoot a scene for five to six hours and then 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 seconds of that will end up. On, yeah. on frame so there's all this stuff that's happening that isn't being filmed isn't going to be shown that you don't want shown so i had my phone on me the whole time every single person every background yeah. artist uh, artist every background actor had their phone on them yeah so that's how easily if something was going on i could have yeah. taken pictures of everything so there's 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 no protections against that there's no um you know everything just seems to be in the contract like best effort well, we'll we'll make a we'll make a best effort to try to do that, but there's no guarantees of anything. Well, because that's know? obnoxious for the studio. Ultimately, SAG is working with the studio. Yeah, you know these these are two. You know that's it's like a political, uh, you know, rubbing elbows kind of thing. And so the studio doesn't want to piss off SAG, yeah. and SAG doesn't want to piss off the studio. They need one another to stay rich and and keep things moving. And if they start implementing all of these rules then it's going to take longer to shoot things. Yeah. It's going to take well, more work and effort into making sure this and that and this versus just being able to pop up at the last minute and yeah. say like, hey, we want to do a sex scene. Yeah. Well, we didn't discuss that. Yeah. That or I want, to change, I want to change the parameters of this the sex yeah. scene. The other thing too that I found found interesting that wasn't in there is that, that Canada has is the, um, if you're, you know, again, if you're filming a scene and it's, you're filming a, a love scene and it's six hours of you... <laughs> What? A love scene. A love scene. Yeah. <laughs> An intimate scene. Oh, dad. And you're filming for six hours. There's going to be a lot of footage of some probably, oh, you know, yeah. of uh, some, There's some vulnerable, there. uh, you know. And in Canada, if that footage doesn't end up in the final film, it has to be destroyed. Yeah. Um, there's no protection in the, for that in, in this one. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I found it as much as I don't deal with SAG, I found, I found it very interesting how this... Um, contract was just it seemed so out of touch you know seemed focused on the dollar sign and and here's the thing we're in the middle of this pandemic so this is kind of a shitty time to even renegotiate the contract you know because nobody's working you know and so people are just like oh my god you know if we can get get it moving yeah and and they they attach a dollar sign to it like look at all this money and you know but it does nothing to protect the 90 percent of their 
their um, clients, I don't know if they're clients, but of, of their guild, you know, um, and it may have some protections against the, you know, the top one to 10%, but I don't know, man, it was just, it just seemed very shady. It's a lot of magoo. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what a lot of these actors do, you know, if this gets passed. Because I know the L.A., the Los Angeles sector, or whatever you call that, voted no for it. Uh, I don't know what the New York region did, but um, I know the L.A. one voted no. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see where all these people stand once this thing gets, you know, whatever happens. Uh, so I'm going to be watching this. We'll see. We'll keep you updated. I'm going to be watching this like a Kavanaugh hearing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to be hearing about. Um. All right, so so that that my rant is over. Per <laughs> se. Twenty minute, twenty ish minute, and there's rant. no, there's no. They should have something in there that says if an actor wants to work on some bullshit six thousand dollar film, mm-hmm. they should be able to do that for whatever they, you negotiate with they, that. They film. can if, if they can. If they're FICOR, but if nobody, goes, FICOR. nobody goes. Nobody goes FICOR. I don't know if there's any FICOR addendums in this. This new one, I haven't seen anything about that. They don't talk about FICOR. Yeah. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. First FICOR, rule of FICOR their is Their FICOR is, is like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. They don't want their actors to know about it. Mm. I have informed actors that have been in SAG for years yeah. that had no idea what FICOR was. Isn't De Niro FICOR? No. No. thought I read that. You're thinking of, uh, what's his face? Um, Jolie's father. Oh. He's FICOR. Um, and who the hell is looking for him yeah <laughs> but there's a couple there's a couple actors that are ficor but they're not like they're 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 older mm. you know so it's like they can be they've already you know it's yeah, not yeah. It, it's there's not a lot of people that go ficor and, the, and they bully you out of it mm-hmm. we'll get into that another time i know we've talked about it a little bit but we'll get into the the details of that but yeah it just i i've 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 been the one to to inform people of that and they've been like what are you talking about i'm like no there's a whole other section of sag where you can work on independent films yeah. <laughs> like i had no idea about that yeah so okay so uh we've got two two reviews we were mm. supposed to have a guest and then like schedules got yeah, you messed promised up the guest last i didn't week. promise a guest i said we might have a guest uh, didn't promise a guest might and, as well have and um so we'll figure that out anyhow um so we, we tend to have this, we've got this, this, this weird hang up about anything popular. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true. And not because we're snobs, but just because it's like, well, I'm a snob. Things get, I'm not a snob about it. I just don't like hearing about the same damn film 40,000 times. And like that film that won every single award that's ever existed. And Call then it again, the Slumdog Millionaire effect. Well, there was Slumdog. There was like The Artist. It was like oh, those, yeah, the artist those the films that you're just like, enough already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We get it. And so um, my, for me... I don't know why, because one of my favorite films growing up was Little Shop of Horrors. I have a lot of a lot of favorite films, but it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have this thing about musicals. Mm-hmm. It's my hang up that you have like with documentaries where you never really want to go into a documentary. But then I get you into a good one and you are like glued to it. That's how I am with musicals. Mm-hmm. I go in kicking and screaming. Yeah. And then once I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why. Chicago, you like. Chicago, I love, I've seen Chicago three times. <laughs> That's how much I liked it. The, I went to the movies to see the movie. Um, I had, I bought the, you know, I know all the songs. Little Shop of Hearts. It, it, it's just, 
I don't know. Some of them have been flops for me, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a hate. But one of those was Phantom of the Opera. That was just painful. Yeah, I never saw. I it. don't I don't know what the I fell asleep. You fell asleep. I fell asleep. Do you know how exhausting something has mm-hmm. to be when there's like a shaking chandelier? That's like a it's like a sixty foot chandelier hanging above your head that they make shake and rattle and do all this. And I was like out. Mm. My ex woke me up at the end and was like, it's it's over. And I was like, oh, shit. I hope nobody asks me questions. I don't know. But what I feel happened. rested. Give me the cliff notes what happened. Um, I just, it just, I didn't like it. Um, and then we saw that uh, that one with Zach Braff. That one was really good. Bullets over Broadway. Yeah, yeah really good. Yep. But when I was like, oh, musical, I don't know. You know, but you love Zach Braff. I was like, okay, let's, you know, and, and thoroughly enjoyed myself. It's just weird. I, I just, I go in fighting. Yeah. And so, of course, I did this with Hamilton. Now, I had seen uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda in um, Drunk History. Right. So I enjoyed his episode in that. Like, I enjoyed him. I thought yeah. he was like, you know, he seemed fun and cool. But for some reason, I was just like, if I hear one more fucking thing about Hamilton, yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, I just I just always assumed Lin-Manuel Miranda was like just uh, a stage. Just some dude. Like yeah, some just, just like. Like a stage a actor, popular stage yeah, like actor. A, a popular stage actor. I just didn't, I didn't know anything and, else about yeah. it, and I thought like, okay, well, he's on Drunk History because of the topic, and he's right. in the band that the play is popular, or whatever. <clears throat> and then I kept hearing like, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing, you should see it. And I just happened to pop in to look for the ticket prices. <laughs> yeah, I was like, or we could pay our mortgage. Yeah. So I just did not and i and look i get it and uh, people have been doing this for years and props and props them for making money but it's just not attainable i hate when shit gets popular like that because it's like well now no normal person can watch this i'm not paying two thousand dollars for tickets i'm just not doing that i don't care how fucking good this play is it's not worth me going broke for and so then you know it's it's ironic because it's a topic that uh, you know, a, a historic topic that's being um, presented in this really interesting way. But how would young kids ever get to see this? They can't even afford to go. So that sucks. Yeah. But <clears throat> anyway, so Disney, obviously, if you don't know, had dropped the, their film yeah, they did version, a, yeah. I guess. Yeah. They, uh, they, of... But and I didn't know this, that there's actually parts of it where they 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 filmed the live performance as best they different, can different performances yeah but no they did a performance with no audience so they right. can get the cameras in there yeah, yeah because you can't you can't get in all but that's in just certain with shots it. i guess there's yeah. certain shots but then there's also certain um okay so obviously we saw hamilton that's what we're talking yeah. about <laughs> but there's also like you can see some change <clears throat> in costume because uh-huh. they were different days yeah and so there would be like a flower somewhere that there wasn't a flower on a dress before or this this that and the other thing i honestly didn't really notice any of that yeah i didn't either. um found out about it later and so the cast some of the cast members have changed most specifically the king um well first off let me just say that yeah talk about the actual recording of it and how okay i thought the the filming of it was i haven't seen a lot of live musicals recorded but i thought they did a a really good job they usually do a good job with them with this i've seen Um, a couple and and adding those extra insert shots um was 
was like a nice touch to really kind of draw you, bring you into it. Cause that's always the problem with those things is you, it's always just like from, you don't want to get in the way of the audience, you know? So having those yeah. insert shots really just helped you feel like more part of it. Anyway, go ahead. Um, okay. So um, what, one of our favorite characters was King George played by Jonathan Groff. Um, just so you know, he was the original and I feel terrible because I don't know who his, re- I don't know the replacement's name. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should have looked that up, but if you like go on IMDb, it just goes by the original, the original cast. Casting. So um, shout out to the new King George who stepped back because Jonathan Groff was so beloved mm-hmm. and he did the, you know, the recording for this. Um, and so I believe he got a special thank you at the end. That was pretty cool because he could have thrown a tantrum about that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, uh, so, OK, so obviously so this uh, it's directed by uh, Thomas Kale and um, uh, written and created. And um, all of the music mm-hmm. was done by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I was not aware of this. So let yeah, me just touch this. on this before I go to the rest of the cast. I thought he was Hamilton and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had no idea that he had, that there was a book that he had created, then he did all of the research for this, which some people will argue was a little off. Well, yeah, it was the off. History but, was off. Yeah, I mean, but it's um, it's a lot of it is, it's a performance. So it's, it's a not, performance. But it was based on a, an already existing book. Right. That he had. Loosely that, based. I guess. That he had uh, created or whatever. No. Story he, or. No, there was a book that this was based on. Then he wrote a book based on the, the play. And okay. then he wrote the play. Okay. That's my understanding. All right. And then um, you might say like, okay, right. So he did, he did the music. So I thought that he was just an actor. I didn't realize that he was a, a musician, obviously, until doing this. And you may be thinking like, all right, so what? If you, it's one thing to write songs for a musical mm-hmm. that are like just some like poppy operatic or whatever. Like this is fast rap mm-hmm. set to fact. Right. So you have to make... The story, you can't just start throwing words together like you can with any other song. It has to be within the context of this, the, of the actual storyline and, and, and history. Yeah. And there's a lot. The whole thing is song. I mean, yeah. there's like a couple parts where they're talking. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, there may be like five there's lines like total. five lines where they talk. The whole thing, even <clears throat> it's like it goes from sing-songy mm-hmm. to just like straight singing and performing how the hell these people remembered all of the lines all of their dialogue all i mean i don't even get it i don't know how the hell your brain can obtain all of that and just suck it in well you had made a comment about it the fact that it's in song may make it easier i used to learn in song as a kid so that's when i was like all right but that's learning something yeah learning like a paragraph worth of information in a song is not the same as like two plus hours Mm -hmm. of straight singing and whatever anyway okay so um a couple of the cast members uh philippa sue leslie odom uh renee elise goldsberry uh i think it's david 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 Diggs, Jonathan Groff, obviously, Chris Jackson, Jasmine Jones, uh, Anthony Ramos, just a whole bunch of people. And then there's one girl, Ariana DeBose, DeBose, and she had like her hair is like up in kind of like a little like curly, like ponytail type fro. Mm -hmm. And she's in a lot of the play. She's a background dancer, but then they also, I think they'd also put her in costume at one point. She Mm -hmm. was one of the girls that uh, Ramos was interested in. And, um, if you if you watch it again, she kind of has it's like she's an she's like an Easter egg. Yeah. 
She's like this little Easter egg that you're not really There's paying a attention to. There's performers that have yeah. like more than one role. Yeah. No, but not just that in that she like there was foreshadowing with her character and her positioning on stage. If mm. you watch it again, because um, I thought like, wow, this girl got a lot of, you know, yeah. FaceTime. But I, I believe that they did incorporate her into the story. And you just, it's not obvious, mm. um, but there is foreshadowing with her if you pay attention to her positioning and all that mm. stuff. Um, anyway, okay, so I'm not going to say that I didn't want to like this. It was just, again, one of those things that I was like, all right, here we go. But Lin-Manuel, like, has, he has such a nice personality. And I had, um, I had just, you know, it was on, it was free. I was like, okay, well, we couldn't afford to go to this show, despite mm. everybody talking about it. Uh, so I guess... Let's just watch it. And I had actually watched the documentary, which I'm not reviewing because you didn't see it. But there was a, a documentary on Walter Mercado. And those who don't know who Walter Mercado is, he was like an astrologist type psychic in the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. And um, very big deal. Like everybody's abuela knows who Walter Mercado was and you waited to listen to your horoscope. And so he was in the documentary. He got to meet Walter Mercado and he was just so <laughs> humbled by the experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was just so sweet in it that I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this Hamilton thing because he seems like a really cool guy. And now I want to be his best friend. Yeah. Um, it'll never happen. And I know that, but Hey, a gal can dream long story short. I fucking enjoyed this thoroughly. Yeah. Like I was floored five minutes in. There was that, you know, that moment where you're just like, oh, I was so wrong. That's mm -hmm. what I had. Like I sat down. I'm like, all right, entertain me. Let's mm -hmm. see. You know, just <sighs> and, and, and buffing my nails on, on my jacket. I want to see dance. And like five minutes in, I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> just like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was so wrong. The hype is real. I still don't regret not going into debt to see it. Um, but I will say, I wish that I had been able to see this live. I can only imagine yeah. the energy that, that, that you must feel watching that live because I was getting the goosies and my hairs were standing on the couch. Yeah. And I thought, damn, that would have been fun to see in person. Yeah. I had no idea. I hadn't, I knew nothing about this at all. You know, like in terms of the style of it, I thought it was just a either, straight yeah. musical. And I'm like, all right, well, she wants to watch this, you know, happy <laughs> wife, happy life and all that jazz. Let's do this. Um, Hence I got, when I, I said, hey, do you want to watch Hamilton? You're like, sure. Yeah, um, I got two and a half hours to kill. But yeah, I mean, I was and I'm I'm even more adverse to musicals than you. Yes. And I I loved it. I absolutely loved this um, play. And um subsequently have now, you know, uh, really start to respect and, and really like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I went to, actually last night, I went down a rabbit hole of watching him freestyle rap <laughs> and he's amazing at it. Yeah. Like this guy can't not do any, everything. What, what doesn't he yeah. do? So yeah, he's, and, and at first it was the same thing. Like you see him everywhere. I'm like, all right, well there's, you know, just there's this, that guy again. There's that guy again. Everybody loves him. He's some stage guy or whatever. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it now. Um, so he's awesome. But for me, I became obsessed the with the king. And not because he's like the comic relief of it all. There are other funny parts. But this, you know, he's meant to be like, he's kind of a standout because of the uh, um, irreverence that he brings to it yes. and everything. And, and he's a spitter. Yeah. And so, but there's, so that I was drawn to him and, and that performance because of that. His, the way he, he's just, he just plays this part so perfectly. It's just, it's just brilliant. And yeah. to me, there's something about his voice that I was 
instantly drawn to the way he's saying his tone, whatever it is. I just look, the whole cast is like world-class singers. There's not a fucking sour note in the whole goddamn play. (laughs) It's, 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 it's amazing. But for just some reason, stylistically, I was drawn to his voice and I just, I've since listened to that, those songs. I think it's the accent it's he just the accent, it's the irreverence. It's this, this whole, really like exaggerated but still, British. But still like singing on a well, fucking level yeah. like that. It's it's just um he was the he was obviously the standout for me. And it's not to take anything away from anybody else because everybody was amazing. Um but uh yeah, well, there's a special place in my heart. A, he's for him. a good example of like those supporting roles, right? Where everybody goes, I wanna be the lead, I wanna be the lead. And so often it's the supporting actors that stand out the most in a lot of films and shows mm-hmm. and things like that. It's that sidekick. That winds up shocking the hell out of you. James yeah. Marsden was that for us in Dead to Me. Like he yeah. did, he wasn't a primary. I mean, he kind of was, but you know, it's really about the two women in that yeah. show. And he just kind of at times stole the scenes because yeah. it, I don't know. This maybe it's something I I hey, would look, imagine. A good body roll will steal any scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, literally, like a physical body roll. He does. Um, I don't know if it's like. This is our time to shine, right? If I'm like, hey, like you're, you've got a supporting role, you're not, you're, you're not the lead. Okay, so I better make the most of the time that I have right. on camera. I don't know if that's what it is. Well, it's, it's there's, there's less, there's, there's less at stake, and so you have the freedom to. I don't to, know. I feel. I read like, an interesting article me, about this from. from to a couple me, actors. like support. I, I always look for the, the sidekicks. Like mm-hmm. I always expect so much from them, and I usually get it. Yeah. And so there's a pressure for me that's been put on for that where it's like oh my god i'm the supporting role i have to be like extra perfect now (laughs) to stand out as that as as that in that part i don't know it look everybody did amazing first of all philip uh, philippa sue like her voice is so clear and clean and uh, you know just everybody did such a freaking amazing job as did he it's just his character the way he played the character was only on stage i think twice two songs Three songs. Three songs? Yeah. Um, and One's just, really short, though. He just kind of like, you just remembered that character and he was so comedic in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his little shoulder pops and, yeah. you know, and the spitting and uh, yeah. which is apparently is just he's a spitter when he sings and that's that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Listen, whatever helps you. First couple of rows are a off. splash zone. <laughs> you got ponchos when yeah. you walk in. Um it was just it was so freaking good it was so good yeah it was it was so i like there aren't many musicals that i would watch again and i would watch that again yeah i i (sighs) yeah because it's 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 not only like a well-done musical and everyone sings well and and dances and the whole thing but it's it's a whole new style of of performance and you know it's bringing that kind of like R&B hip hop flavor to it, but then still having some classical musical, num- you know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it was just that rise that you get in, in musicals where it, everyone's singing in unison mm-hmm. and it's like, <gasps> they yeah. still had that, except it was like together with a rap. So it was just yeah. like the man musically, I don't know how the hell he wrote all that. Yeah. I honestly don't know how he sat there and wrote all those songs. Well, he's written a couple before. I didn't know that either. I mean, there's a couple of musicals that I guess he's written. He's just, I just can't. I just yeah. can't. So if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> a, would you like to be my BFF? And then B, would you like to come on the show? Yeah. I know he listens, so hopefully he'll respond. I know. He, he must listen. Yeah. Maybe like the, uh, uh, like our Puerto Rican radar is 
syncing up right now. Yeah. We can talk about Walter Mercado and mm. the culture, sort of. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not We can entirely... talk about Chancletas and... <laughs> Chancletas. Chancletas. And yeah. Uh, getting slapped with them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just just see it. It's free. You have no excuse. You're not. You're not breaking the bank to go. Yeah. Well, um, if you have, you have to have Disney Plus. Still not breaking the bank for that. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, by the way, we've officially cut the cord. Yeah. We want everybody in the world to know that. Why? Because it can be done. Yep. And it can be okay. I was very much. I've had cable since I moved out of my home, where we had cable for this brief moment of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I was like, when did um. Pearl Jam's Jeremy come out. Was that like 91? 90, Early 90s, yeah. 91. So, okay, I just remember because that's when MTV still had music. Mm-hmm. And that video was always on. So I know it was around that time. At some point, my family thought that we could afford to have cable and actually manage these pills. Nice chance. Fat chance. <laughs> nice thinking there. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. All right. And so it didn't take long before we couldn't handle the cable. And the bill just didn't get paid. However, the cable company hadn't caught on. Mm-hmm. So we had cable for like three months nice, <laughs> for free. And then finally one day we turned the TV on and it was like, oh. They caught us. It's over. It was like Joey and Chandler with the free porn. Yeah. We were just waiting. We didn't want to shut the TV off because we didn't want to lose it. And then so we didn't have cable before that. And I never had it again after that until I moved out on my own. Mm-hmm. I've had cable since then, either direct TV, something. I've always yeah. had something. And so I was legitimately stressing about losing the cable. I'm just so used to having it. And I have to say that the nice transition has been, and we are not sponsored by, by these people in any way, shape, or form, although it would be nice. Um, but the nice transition is Hulu Live. Well. Is it like cable? No. With one huge caveat, and that is you got to fucking restart your goddamn Apple TV every single time you launch the app. I think that's an Apple thing, though. I don't know, Because man. I've been reading. So here's what No other app happening. does it. I go to. That's true. You but know? I keep, every time I go to turn on, you know, I click on the Apple, on the, the Hulu app, it just spins and spins and buffers and spins. And then you have to go in, reset the whole fucking box. And then it comes well, on. Not reset, but restart. Restart yeah. it. And then it, it, it comes on. Yeah. I don't know what, and no other app does it. Prime doesn't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, Netflix doesn't do it. HBO Max doesn't do it. Only Hulu. But I've been reading from people that if they have smart TVs, it doesn't do it. It mm. only does it on their Apple TV. Mm. I don't know what it is with Hulu and the Apple TV, but yeah. they, they got their, beef. Their app for that maybe. Some bugs. They got beef, which sucks. But so I would say if you can wing it to do the Hulu live. Well, yeah. I mean, look, if you're paying you for cable now. Because you still get to have like bullshit. That's my thing is like I like to have stuff just background on. Noise. The, yeah, yeah, background noise. And if I put something on, like if I go through the Golden Girls, I like to pay attention to it because I love the Golden Girls. So mm-hmm. I can't just have it on in the background because then I'm, I got to go back to the episodes. And yeah. so it's like for me, it's mostly like having friends or Seinfeld or like. Everybody loves Raymond or whatever stuff that I'm mm-hmm. like, I've seen this a gajillion times and it can just be on in the background. And, you know, occasionally there's stuff that well, DYI network and all that, yeah. whatever the hell. You're a surfer. You like to. I channel. liked I just I kind of channel surf. And but the the prices that were coming out of Comcast and Xfinity insane. were freaking insane. I can't we're imagine like, that's if it. you're in one of those areas that that's all you can get. Well, we were. We didn't used to have yeah. Verizon. We used to only be able to have that. And so we, we were stuck with it. Yeah. But anyway, that, that, I digress. I just wanted to say we cut the cord. Yeah. Round okay. of applause. Um, okay. And it's not, it's not been it's such a big deal for me because I've been glued to my computer. For- yeah. You're, you don't really care about stuff like that as much. Um, so 
As long as I got my Netflix. We're true. So we are going to talk about um, the old guard. We have to because everyone else is, I guess, really. I mean, yeah. It's like oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuffs going around about it. And I'm a I'm a big Charlize fan. I've always liked her. I, I think she's an, a phenomenal actor. And uh, so I did want to see this. So the director, uh, lady director, uh-huh, uh-huh. girl, uh, woman, <laughs> Gina Price by the wood. I want to say mm-hmm. um, it's like a, a Native American name. And um, OK, so a uh, writer was Greg Ruka. So it was a graphic novel, in case you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane. That's like the coolest name. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? name? Kiki Lane. Yeah. <laughs> like You Sounds already you already sound like a superhero. Yeah, that's such a superhero name. Um, Matthias Schoenarts. I want to say his name is. I've seen him in a couple of things. Uh, Marwin Kenzari, Luca Marinelli, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, a whole bunch of people. But those were like the main, yeah. the main actors in it. And um, so, uh, this one was weird for me. Yeah, this I have a lot of feelings about this one. So first and foremost, great cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the choreography, the stunt choreography, and the fight choreography, and some of the effects were nuts. Yeah, um, top notch. <clears throat> You know, those it's it's that nice combination of fight choreography peppered with extreme violence. Yeah. Because when you do too much of it, it's different it when you're watching yeah. when you're watching like the raid, you know, you're getting this yeah. is just going to be like straight up violence. But even then, the raid does like they what makes those movies so great. And that type of uh, fight choreography is that, you know, how to even it out mm-hmm. if you have too much gore. It used to become desensitized to it. And yeah. then it doesn't, it's not amazing when somebody s- suddenly slams their face into a doorway on the bottom. There was that in the great, uh, yeah. oh, oh God, that yeah. scene, you know, and you're like, oh, and it makes you do that. If yeah. you do too much of that, you're not going to get the response. Yeah. So they did, I actually could have used a little bit more. I thought sometimes it was a little safe, but the, the, the fight choreography was really good. Mm-hmm. There were a couple moments here and there where it was a little bit slow. At, at times, but yeah. like, look, Charlize Theron, for me, one of my favorite... You're talking about the fight choreography or just the film in general? No, the fight chore- the, yeah. the fight choreography in the plane. Yeah. Seems, I like that. I thought it was a little slow. I felt the that about the movement was a little ending, bit slow for me. The fighting at the ending. See, I was the opposite. Yeah. I felt the plane was a little bit... Sl- not all of it, but some of it was a little bit slow. It looked a little bit like people were like, okay, now, you know, yeah. they, were, they were ready for their next dance and getting into it. Um, but... One of my favorite fight scenes to this day is Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde, yeah. Towards the end, you know, the fight scene. It's a good fight scene. But she picks up that fucking hot plate. (laughs) I mean, just from beginning to end, that not just because she's one of my favorite actors, I just thought she fucking killed it. Yeah. I've not even dudes fighting. Like, I think she just take that fight scene, took the cake. That shit was crazy. This was not as this was not atomic blonde for me. Yeah, it was safer. It was much safer. Yeah. Um, it was the Netflix version of atomic. Blonde. <laughs> it was the PG, yeah. the PG atomic blonde version. I don't know. It just um, it's still very good though. Yeah, there were still very very good moments. I just found like I found the story. I didn't read the graphic novel, so I don't know how much of it was. Apparently, it was it it was pretty faithful. Did from a lot see, of the reviews I've seen, it's, it's I been. I um, wouldn't be too much of a fan then. I found yeah. the story. Kind I mean, it's of it's more of like a, an anime m- 
manga, manga, whatever, manga. you know, um, and, and that kind of style. So, you know, there, there, there definitely was translations. But uh, from my understanding is that it was pretty faithful to it. See, I didn't get the graphic novel feel to it at all. No, I mean, neither. It, it didn't feel like a graphic novel in any way, shape or form to yeah. me. I it guess, just felt uh, yeah, like I don't a know. movie. That's just a lot of the, the opinions I've seen online but for what, that it didn't feel like a... that it that it was faithful to the source oh. material well that that may that may very well be the case but i just mean in terms of the tone oh yeah it no, didn't yeah. feel like a graphic novel it felt to me like um the hemsworth that extraction yeah, yeah. it just felt like this like it felt like a story that somebody well, came up with yeah that was a, that's a, been my on the spot my thing times? with netflix is is you know, I love Netflix. You know, we have it, but I feel like all of their stuff. We talk extraction. You know, this this film. What did we watch? What was that film? The Warrior Nun, and 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 so all this stuff just has this very generic, similar. I don't know if I'd say generic, me, maybe, it but it's, generic. it all feels very similar. Like in the same world, in terms of the look of it, the feel of it, the tone of everything. There's there's well, no extraction was gritty. Yeah, but I don't know. But, it all just felt like it could be. It could all be in the same world to me. It felt like all these things. Yeah. As much as I enjoyed some of them, I really enjoyed this film. I have a lot of problems with it, but I really enjoyed it. Um, that just Netflix is in is in that in this danger of making all their stuff just feel like the same thing, you know. And well, that's why I say it feels generic to me because yeah. it just feels like we're about to watch Cursed. So I'll let you know how that goes. It's just I don't know. I. That's why I love the uh, the 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 foreign crime dramas they have because they have their own. Well, they have a similar feel but to it's one so another. Nice. But yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not that that like the cinematography isn't good or anything like that. Oh, it's it great, is. but it's just like well, it's good, yeah. to me, I can I can that that that's not as important to me as the fact that the stories seem to fall well, that's, short. That's what Warrior it is. Warrior Nun. I didn't. I went in thinking this was something totally different. To me, it was like. It was almost like like a teen, like a CW show. Yeah, it was like a like an amped up CW show, and I lost interest mm -hmm. really quick. I just was like, no, I didn't. When I saw the trailer to it, I was like, ooh ooh ooh, mm -hmm. and I thought it was going to be a bit more mature. Yeah, and it wound up being like about some like bratty little fucking kids the whole time. And I'm like, I don't want to watch like a bunch of teen, like late yeah. teen or like people in their twenties, early twenties. Like, that's the type just, of, was to me, that, that's, that's the, the, the flash type of show where I know it's not very good. I think the flash is good, but when you look at, uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's not very good. It's just cheap fun. You know, <laughs> that sounds better, but no, I mean, a lot of yeah, people, look, a lot of people try mean. really hard to make something good and it, and, and, like and I don't want to take, take anything away Sabrina's from it. Sabrina's actually one of those things. But to me, I, I've sit through Sabrina. I yeah. like Sabrina more than I did like warrior nun, which yeah. is weird because I mean, you know, could be the same show. The, see, the thing with Sabrina was I didn't think I was going to like that because I thought that's what I was getting. I thought I was getting a CW show and there were way more Hail Satans than I expected there to be. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually because the the grading on that show is awesome. It's yeah. this really saturated, like yeah. cool look that they have to it. And so it had a cool look. It's a fun, like mindless thing that you're yeah. watching. But I actually liked that show more than I liked Warrior Nun. But Warrior Nun is the type of show that. I would be more attracted to. Yeah. So I didn't like that as much. Extraction, it was like fight scenes were crazy, but the story was like very basic. There was yeah. nothing really special to the story. And for me, War um Old Guard was the same. It was like, especially when they would do this that flashback where she looked like Xena. Yeah. <laughs> that was like 
this is not working for me. And I was glad they didn't stick to that for too long because it looked silly. Yeah. You know, it just didn't go. It just I, didn't match yeah. at all. I was like, I don't like this at all. Um, it should have been a show. It should have been there's, a show. There's a lot of things that I like about it. The performances are great. You know, it's it's made well, all that stuff. It's all it's all fine. As much as I just complain about everything looking the same. But it's made <laughs> competently. It's really, you know, it's done well. There's a lot there of really... There will probably be a sequel. They left you on yeah. a cliffhanger, so... Yeah. Well, they. I think every show does that now. Or movie. Everything has a cliffhanger. But um, for me, it should, it should have been a show because... There's a there's a turn that happens at the end and yeah. it's just like yeah, yeah. what the where where did all this come from yeah. you know and so I I felt like that would have been way more impactful if if um if if it was a show and you had time because there's just so much mm-hmm. you know you have these people that live forever there's so much that you can so many questions so many questions but there's just so much stuff you you could have like a whole episode that takes place in like the 1800s you know and and do something interesting with it yeah you know um and so i don't know i i felt like there was a, a missed opportunity and i'm sure charlie's there and didn't want to make a 10 episode or eight episode thing you know because commitments and stuff but you know i feel like I mean, this story would have been better served at, because when when what, what was the, the 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 guy's name who who like captures them and then turns around and tries to help them or whatever spoilers she would tell yeah his character just i don't know just looks like oh you've been he just flipped the switch like, yeah it's like so... that but then it's like his and all i knew his research. immediately yeah you knew you, that was the problem it was like Especially it was this the, person like that yeah incredibly uh obvious foreshadowing yeah. um and, and the research like, he's, he's doing on these people when he has like turn. this string board and you're like this just, if you knew all of this, then right. why, I, I don't know. Some of the motivations there were a little muddled in my opinion, but I, I, and that could have been, you know, based on the comic or something, but I just felt like, you know, there was an opportunity there to kind of really like expand the story, but you know, it is what it is. It, but you know, the acting was good. The action was good. The, you know, it was definitely worth a watch. I think, I think it's been like the most popular Netflix movie ever. so far. Yeah. I think it's gotten the most views ever. And, um, I'm I'm always gonna root for Charlize. Like I just, I think she's great, and so I'll watch anything that she's in. But it just um, she could sell a punch. She can, and that's what I love about her. Uh, and and I I just I thought it was it was uh, curious. It was curiouser and curiouser that she would do something like this because I know she went through a lot of physical shit for Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like she like her teeth knocked out or something that happened yeah. happened with her jaw in the back and she had to have like like some serious work done to fix it um so i'm surprised i mean there's no uh, there was no way she was getting through that fight scene without something getting knocked out of her yeah. face like there's just no way um so she sells a punch she throws a punch i love that about mm-hmm. her that it's not like this just like flimsy type I'm of punching. i'm punching it's like she'll she just fucking goes for it and yeah. and i love that about her but you know I can imagine she may not, maybe not wanting to do the series is also in that um, that's taxing on you. Yeah. You know, and she's not like 22 anymore, you yeah. know, and shit, neither am I. I'm 40, you know, so like I, I can I can understand not wanting to have to do some physical shit for like years on end. Yeah. So I get that, um, that I just felt like the story, instead of making a sequel or maybe a prequel, I don't know what they're doing to, you know, what the next one would be. Like, why not just do, like, a six-episode series then? Don't do, like, 10 or 12 of it. Just, like, even four episodes, something. I don't know. And just give it a little bit more time. I like the uh, the the mid credit sequence, kind of like the tease for the next. Oh, for the next one, yeah. yeah. 
Because I was thinking, like, I mean, I don't know how. Don't spoiler. get me wrong. I'm in for the next one. I yeah. have to know what happens next. The idea of their their one friend that I don't know if we're giving like spoilers away, but something happens to this one character, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking, oh my god, how horrifying is that to yeah. live out eternity that way? Um, yeah. Anyway, there's a stinger at the at the end or the mid credits thing, whatever. Which I was like, that was pretty good. Yeah, but I again, I saw it coming. The yeah. same with his, the same with Chiwetel's character, where I was like, maybe it's also because of the way they cast him. Usually, yeah. that I was like, I doubt he's going to be the villain. The villain, yeah. Okay, I don't. I, I, I'm all due respect here, but um, I believe his name is Harry Melling. That guy is terrifying. Which who's that? Which guy is the that? actual villain? Oh yeah. Um, he's like a modern vampire. I don't know. Yeah. He is so scary looking. And he was perfect for the part. Um, but again, it was like, I can't even say it's foreshadowing because it's like when you hire a guy that has that kind of mood to him and look, I'm like, well, there's nothing good is coming from this yeah. guy in any way, shape or form. And then I look at you and I'm like, there's no way that he's going right. to. They did the same shit with him in Salt, right? He was running after Jolie and Salt, running after Jolie and Salt. And I'm like, if there's anyone that's going to believe her. It's going to be him. And then in the end, what does he do? He's like, Chuya, tell me the truth. You know what I mean? (laughs) How long have you been hanging on to that one? I don't know. Um, What is that he did? He said in an interview just before that we saw his last name. What are you edgy for? Yeah. It's edgy for, but whatever. That's pretty clever. Oh, Will Trumpet, man. Um, So I knew... You know, even in Salt, I was just like, he's going to he's going to be the one that, you know, kind of cracks and believes her. And And so maybe that's why I thought, like, he's going to turn. But again, like you said, his the motive for it was just I don't under I didn't understand that. It just seemed just kind of weird. And so then when they they brought in that other character that was sort of in limbo, I was like, they're talking about this character way too much. Yeah. For her not to pop up somewhere. And yeah. so when she did, I was like, yeah. Actually, towards the end, I'm like, come on. <laughs> I was yeah. like, because uh, I know you're going to bring her up. But I didn't know this was going to be like, a, there was going to be a sequel to it. So if I'd known that, it would have been like, oh, they're going to do like a post-credit kind of yeah. end credit thing. Um, and I'm look, I'll, like I said, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll go, I'll go, I'll <laughs> go, I'll go, I'll do it. I'm going to watch it. I just wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. I'll watch it, but I'm not crazy about it. I'm looking forward to, um, is it in August with Jamie Foxx? The power and, thing? Yeah. I think it's really? August. I'm, I'm going to watch like, it, but I have like, very low expectations I'm not on the edge of my seat for it, but I will say that I do enjoy Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I really like him. I think he's an amazing freaking actor, and I, I always like shit that he's in. Hmm. He always sells me on whatever part he's playing. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I've never really seen, aside from Hesher, yeah. I've never really seen him play a character that's like blown me away. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, it's, he's like, it's adorable. Oh, what was that one where he played like the douche with Scarlett Johansson? I didn't see that one coming. Oh yeah. The, uh, the Don, 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 John, Don, Don Juan, Juan or, or something, something like that. that. Yeah. Don John, or I don't know. Don yeah. Johnson. Don Johnson. <laughs> he plays Don Johnson. Um, like that character, I was like, oh, it's weird, yeah. you know, be, but I don't know. Like, I feel like he's one of those actors that maybe has he. it's there and it, it, he just hasn't gotten that part yet. That just blows you away. It's just very safe characters. Jamie Foxx has done character shit. You know, he's played well, that movie with Bruce Willis and Looper. Yeah, Looper. yeah but that's Looper. not really a character. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. 
that was all Brick. makeup. It was mostly makeup, you yeah. know, that he looked different. Okay, sure. But um, it just didn't, I, I don't know. To me, the kid stole the show in that in that movie, in Looper, the little boy. Mm. He was like, that kid was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm waiting. Jamie, you know, Jamie Foxx has played a lot of characters, a lot of different characters. And um, he's in one of my all-time favorite movies, Django. So I absolutely love him. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I want to see it. But I don't know. Yeah, Jamie Foxx for me is, I feel like he's kind of, I don't know. He's You're good. not a fan of the Fox? Yeah, he's good. I'm excited to see him play Mike Tyson, but I, um, I'm i not like, I have to see every movie he's in or anything really? like that. Yeah. I enjoy the man. Yeah, he's good. I'll, I, he's not going to certainly stop me from seeing a film. I'll see it. Oh, he's Did in it. Did you see cool. Ray? Did you watch Ray? Yeah. Well, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's not an easy thing to do. No. <laughs> it's not. Look, he's talented. He's certainly really good, but... You know, um, and I love. Do you never forget bosses, that you're too. watching Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Well, yeah, but Horrible Bosses is not a good example because he just. No, I'm plays just like saying. I love. I liked him in that. I liked him in like everything I've seen him in. I liked him in. You know, but I'm just not like. Hmm. Uh, you know, and I think he. he I, I think he could possibly even win an award someday. You know, gold. You know, or whatever. But um, did he, if he win for Ray? If he didn't win for Ray, I don't know. Jesus. I don't know. I just. I always. I know him as, you know, in living color or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I guess I'm still stuck with him being there in my head, you know. That's what I love about it is that he he started out as like this goofy, same thing with like, you know, Jim Carrey in it. You know, it's yeah. just like that's how I always remember them initially. But I, I don't know. I, I really like him. So Look, I'm he's watch great that. And, and, and I'll watch anything he's in, but I'm not going to seek out anything he's in just because he's in it sort of thing. You interesting. know, interesting, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I guess that's it. That's it. That's it for this for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, obvious shout outs to MoGraph Podcast Network yep. for featuring our asses. Yeah. Sorry, you sons we, of bitches. We love y'all. And um, the world is still burning. Mm-hmm. So um, stay safe. Stay safe. And um, Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comic Cast, not up for debate. All y'all listening. If you have anything that you... No more you, Perry, huh? Oh, see again because he doesn't he he doesn't watch the show. Perry, you don't want uh, listen to the show. Let's just be honest. Yeah, you've been ousted. Okay? This is the third. <laughs> you have to earn your spot. This is your third call out in the, in the end it. of the show. That's today. it. Three strikes yeah. are out. So, um, uh, yeah. So, if you have any films, anything that you want us to to watch, please send it our way. Yep. Um, we've gotten like we're we're getting a, a, a whole bunch of listens and hits, if you will, mm-hmm. which is which is great. Uh, hopefully they're returning. <laughs> it's not a one t- one time. Hate this show. Yeah, uh, never coming back. Uh, but if you're new, welcome. And uh, yeah, like I guess that's it. I don't know what's happening for next week. I have no idea what's going on from one day to the next. It's all just and melted that's what's, into that's one. That's so great about this show. You know, it's like you never know. One week you could have a guest. <laughs> one week we could not. Uh, four <laughs> weeks you could have no guest, and then all of a sudden there's a guest. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Also, if there's somebody that you know that you would be like, hey, I think this person would be good for your show, send them our way. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Bye. Bye.